uh, so, so we had a baptism. A few people were getting baptized. And Carmelina, like, she's like, I want to be baptized. We're going to talk her. And she just jumps in the pool, you know, right? Yeah. She just, like, jumps in. Well, I'm next. I want to be baptized. I you know? went in to find a bathing suit for her. And when I came out, she was in with her dress. <laughs> yeah. So, Lord, I pray that you, you just open our eyes to the... To the um, glory and the wonderful privilege that we have as Christians to be baptized. And I pray that you'd give us a new look, a new understanding, a fresh understanding of what this privilege is. And, uh, and so, Lord, we pray that as we look at your word, uh, you would open things up to us. And uh, so, first thing I want to do is... Turn to Acts chapter 2. And this is the first sermon that was given um, of the church when the church became the church. The Holy Spirit came, and instead of being but disciples of Jesus, it became the church. Okay? And Peter then, after the Spirit has fallen, he preaches very powerful message to the Jews who were there, who had heard them all speaking in their own language. Uh, they were there to go to the Feast of the Ingathering, and they were being ingathered. And um, in chapter 2, when they're really convicted, verse 37, Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you, for your children, and for all who are far away, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And he testified with many other arguments and exhorted them, saying, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. So those who welcomed his message were baptized, and that day about 3,000 persons were added. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayers. When we were in Jerusalem, um, we were around the Temple Mount, and uh, on either side of the temple is a pool, okay? And on one side, it, it, now it's not a pool now because it was a pool at the time of, of Jesus, okay? But um, there is um, the pool uh, where the blind man was healed, okay? And then there's another pool um, where uh, the man who was sick for 32 years was waiting and waiting for the waters to kind of uh, stir. And then, you know, you get in there and the first guy in got healed. Uh, and um, But Jesus met him there. And on the other side of the temple is this big... Now, these big pools, they were big. Like three Olympic-sized pools. You know, one, one of them was. Because people came into the temple 
had to be baptized before they could come in. Baptism is not a new thing. It's in the Old Testament, okay? And the thing that they got baptized in was running water or in a mikvah. And today, if you convert to Judaism, you go and get baptized in order to convert, okay? And the baptism, this is, you just look up converting to Judaism, okay? This is today. The baptism represents going, dying, and resurrection. But here's another interesting thing, is the baptism water is the Hebrew word for it means womb. Okay? It means womb. And it also means hope. And water represents life, and it also represents death and chaos. Okay? And so the Spirit of God in the beginning hovers over the waters, and all was formless. And he hovered over, looking and creating a place to land. And the place he wants to land, okay, he wants to land on his people. God's looking, and he's looking. He doesn't find it in the animals. He makes man and breathes the breath of life in him. There's this creative spirit. And, um, and baptism, uh, we know from John chapter 3, there's a guy named Nicodemus, and he sneaks in at night, and he says to Jesus, um, well, what Jesus says to him, he, he says to Jesus, Rabbi, we know you're sent by God, because no one could do the things you do um, unless God was with him. And then Jesus says to him, Nicodemus, you've got to be born again. And he's like, well, how can you be born again can you go into your mother's womb and come back out? How can a man be born again? And Jesus said, you have to be born. Uh, no one can see the kingdom of God. Then he goes on, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he's born of the water and the spirit. And, uh, and so people are puzzle over those verses. What's the water and what's the spirit? And it can mean that uh, you've been washed Okay, and you've been regenerated. You know, you've been regenerated. Okay, um, I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you sh you know, you shall be uh, washed. And I will put my spirit within you, and I will take your stony heart and turn it into a soft, fleshy heart. I'll make your heart beat again. And um, same place in Ezekiel where it talks about the dry bones coming to life. God breathes a breath on them. How many felt like they were dry bones? Felt like needed the breath of life. But you see, for Judaism, for Nicodemus at that time, in order to become a Jew, you went into the womb and you were reborn. They literally saw it as dying. And so this isn't something new, but it is something new, right? Because he's saying, listen, you have to be born again. It's not good enough to be Jewish. You have to be alive by the Spirit of God. You need the Spirit that comes inside you. You need the Spirit that's poured upon Christ and makes you part of the body of Christ. And so baptism 
is very important. And I don't know if everybody's been baptized here. You know, maybe you were baptized as a baby and you don't really remember it. I was baptized as a baby, didn't remember it. But the Bible teaches that baptism is a believer's baptism. That is, it's those who are of the faith of Abraham, not those who are of uh, the um, genetics. It's not those who were born in the family. It's those who are born again into the family. And the Bible teaches that when you're born again, that you become a new creature. It also says that God gives you the right to be called the son of God, the sons and daughters of God. And, uh, and so in baptism, you find in the gospel, I mean, in uh, the book of Acts, over and over again, people find the Lord and they're baptized and they get the spirit. Now, the Gentiles, they get the spirit and then they get baptized. OK, and for the Samaritans, they get baptized and then the apostles come and they get the spirit. OK, and the spirit is something that was demonstrable, something you could see. It was something you could feel. You could hear it. Something happened, okay? Something happened. Testimony of the reality of God. And for them, it was a tangible thing. It was wonderful. And, uh, and so, you know, I, I was raised Catholic and didn't mean much to me. I was confirmed, and that supposedly meant I was receiving the Holy Spirit. All I knew is the Pope, I mean, the bishop was going to slap me, you know, and it scared me. I was like, and then he goes, goes, like that. What was I all afraid of? You know, you're 13 years old, coming of age, and that's what... But see, I didn't have any idea of that. But then when I was a senior in high school, I found the Lord. Rather, the Lord found me. And something happened inside. And not long after that, I began to inquire about baptism. And uh, and at the church I was going to the time, they had a, a big baptismal tank, and you would go down in there with the pastor, and he would... You know, and there was one after that, he'd baptize you and then pray for you to receive the Holy Spirit. And, and it was a precious thing. And we find that that's how it worked. Okay. In the Gospel of Acts, we find a story where Paul is going the first time in Europe. Okay. And he preaches the gospel. And he also casts a demon out of a slave girl who used to uh, make his uh, boss a lot of money uh, by soothsaying. And when he cast the spirit out of her, she couldn't do it anymore. And, uh, and that caused a little bit of a stir. It ended up for Paul and his co-worker Silas getting thrown in prison. And while they're in prison, they weren't all mumbling and complaining. You know what they were doing? They were singing the praises of God. And while they were doing that, an earthquake came, broke their chains off, opened the door. And uh, they, were kept, they kept singing. The jailer was going to kill himself. He says, no, no, kill yourself. We're all here. But it's like, why are you here if God opened the doors? And so the jailer says, what must I do to be saved? And he says, believe on the Lord, you and your household. And you and your household shall be saved. And so he, he goes, takes Paul home to his house the whole house hears the gospel. They all get baptized. They tend Paul's wounds. There's ministry in the body of Christ. And it's a wonderful thing. And then they take Paul back to jail. Okay. 
And, um, and the jailer tells him the story. And, the, and then so the, the powers that be, the, the Roman powers that be, they say, uh, oh, well, you just tell him he can leave. And Paul says, no, you have him come here and tell me I can leave, you know. And they're getting all nervous because a notable miracle happened. And they also, you know, beat up on Paul and Silas, and Paul was a Roman. So they got themselves in all sorts of trouble. Anyway, and the Lord used it all. But the point I'm making is that baptism is always associated with believing, with coming into the kingdom. And we've lost that testimony. So now you can, like, decide for baptism. But the, but the eunuch, the guy that was on his way to Jerusalem reading the book of Isaiah, and Philip, one of the early evangelists, comes up to him and says, Hey, what are you reading? He says, how do I know what I'm reading unless someone tells me? He says, well, let me tell you. And from there, he just preached Jesus. And before they got there, were going, they saw a pond of water or a river. And he says, hey, look, there's a lot of water. What prevents me from being baptized? And Philip says, nothing if you believe in him with your whole heart. And they go right down in the water. And when he, after he's baptized, he comes up. God said, Philip, I got another work for you. And literally snatches him out. He was tran, uh, what do they call, beamed aboard, you know? Um, you know, he was whatever. And he was in another town preaching the gospel. The spirit was amazing, right? But he had to wait till that guy got baptized. And he was a servant of the queen or the king of Ethiopia. And, and took care of all of his gold, and he was going to go back to Ethiopia and share the gospel. And the roots of the, of the Christian gospel are way back then. So, 3,000 people get saved. Where are they all getting baptized? In that big pool, in front of everybody. You see, baptism represents uh, entering the kingdom of God, leaving behind the old, and entering into the new. And we know from Romans chapter 6 that it represents being joined with Christ in his death so that you may be joined with him in his resurrection. And baptism um, in uh, Galatians is equated with putting on Christ, putting on the robe, putting... And he says, so don't you know all who were baptized were clothed with Christ? Okay, they put on Christ. And so we have this baptism representing putting on your uniform. And I like to say, if you were, um, if you were a police, you know, you were or a member of the army, but let's say you were just, you were a state trooper, okay? And uh, there is a big semi-truck rolling down 51, whatever, and you walk in the middle of the street and you put your hand up, okay, what's going to happen? I hope he stops. He's going to put his brakes on and he's going to, remember, whatever the air brakes are going to be going, and he's going to come to a stop. Now, why? Was that guy strong enough? Was that guy fearful enough? You know, was that guy have enough weight, you know, about him? Looked like he was so strong he could stop. He was going to, you know, was he Superman? No. But what did he have going for him? A uniform. He had a uniform. And behind that uniform was 
the government of Chippewa. <laughs> okay, no, it's the, it was the Pennsylvania thing, and behind that, it's the you know the army. You know, it's the whole power of the of the, of the country behind that uniform. Okay, the authority of the government, and when you are baptized, you put on Christ, and now when the devil looks at you, you can say stop. Okay, why? Because I'm clothed with Christ. Now, if that state trooper comes out and he doesn't have his uniform on, okay, and he goes out there and he says, stop, okay, what's he going to get? He's going to get splat. He's going to get, get out of the way, you know, whatever. And then, you know, stop, stop, whatever. And whatever, he's going to swing right, he's going to swing around and he's going to pass right past him. It's like, listen, I've got a a load. i got something to do. Get out of my way. Okay? And so many Christians, they believe in Jesus. They've been born again. They never put the uniform on. They never have have that. Now, the other thing that uh, baptism does is it lets your brothers and sisters know that you're all in. You know, you go all the way under the water. See, baptism is entrance into, it represents everything having to do with entering into the kingdom. There's a dividing line. You're in the kingdom, you're not in the kingdom. So you can be born again and see the kingdom, right? So you're born again, that is the Spirit's coming and done something on the inside. And you see the kingdom, Okay. But it says that you have to be born of the water and the spirit in order to enter the kingdom. Okay, And so it's not good enough to just be born again. You need that outward sign. Why? Well, how do I know what's going on inside of you? Unless you tell me. How do you tell me? Well, these days, right, you, you, you raise your hand and you go forward and Billy Graham asks you to say the prayer of faith. Okay? But in the early church, you didn't say the prayer of faith, okay? You received some teaching, and you got com- there was something you were committed to, and then you went into the water. Um, and and this uh, in, in Romans chapter 6, it says that there was a form of teaching that you were committed to. There was doctrine and teaching. Do you agree? Are you willing? Are you giving it all? And you said, yes, I am. And you're entering to the kingdom. Now... What's the door to that kingdom? Jesus is the door, right? I am the door. I am the way. I am the truth. And so that you go through that door into the waters of baptism. Okay? You go in, you're you're united with Christ in his death and in his resurrection. When Jesus was on the earth, <clears throat> he said I have a baptism to undergo, and how distressed I am until it's all accomplished. His whole life, he was looking to that baptism, to that place where all of the saints would be joined to him, and our sin would be attached to him. And in him, we die, and he dies. And in him, he lives, and we live. Now, the doorposts of that, okay? 
If you if you look at this picture of baptism, what do you see? Two people. Now you don't have to have two people, but I like the picture. <clears throat> two people, one on the left and one on the right. And the saints of God, God's people, represent the doorposts. Okay? <clears throat> We're the guards at the door. The door is Christ, okay? But we're standing, putting our hands on, and welcoming you through, okay? So we have to give a witness to it, right? And if somebody doesn't, isn't born again, if somebody doesn't believe, if somebody won't confess Jesus as Lord, okay, then we close ranks. Says, no, you're not allowed through this door, okay? Because you only can get through this door through faith. And what we see in you is not faith. We don't see faith. How do we know it's faith? Because someone says, I believe that Jesus is my Lord and Master. I believe he died for my sins. I believe that he is resurrected. And I repent of my former life. I'm going to live for him by the power of the Spirit. Okay? And uh, I renounce Satan in all his ways. I am his. And the door opens and they say, come in through Christ and be baptized and enter in. And then he's there given the right hand of fellowship. They said, you are a fellow member. You belong to us. You are baptized in the spirit of God and are part of the body of Christ. All of its privileges, all of its life, all of its power, all of its changing working, saving your brain and you're the way you think and your body one day will be completely whole in the kingdom of God now the Lord's table which we'll talk about another time represents how we live in the kingdom of God and foot washing represents how we live with each other but baptism is what I want to focus on and um, it's also a testimony to the rest of the world. In baptism, you are allowed, not allowed, in baptism, pretty much you're commanded to confess. In baptism, you're able to say to the world, to your family, to those who don't know Christ, to the devil in heaven, I mean, on the grave, whatever, to the angels in heaven, the devil's down here, okay? You're able to say, I belong to Jesus. I am committing myself. In some countries, that's enough to get you killed. They recognize. You know, you could believe in Jesus, you don't get baptized, well, you don't have any testimony. Right? Are you willing to be joined to Christ and to make your stand? Or is it like, well, you know what, I don't want to make any waves and got my family and blah, blah, blah. Okay, so, um, but baptism is a statement. Okay, it's, and it's a, a, a big statement. It, it says a whole lot. It's an outward sign of an inward work. Now, can people be baptized and they don't know the Lord? Yeah, and you know what it is for them? It's just a shower, just a bath. But for those who know Christ, it's union and resurrection 
It's life-giving. Can you be saved and not be baptized? Yeah, a good example is the guy on the cross. Okay? He was hanging on the cross next to him. He didn't get baptized. Okay? And he was saved. All right? But in a sense, he was baptized, right? Because he died with Christ. He's right there next to him. Dies at the same time. And today, you'll be with me in paradise. So, I think that's pretty much it. I'm just going to encourage, if, if anybody here hasn't been baptized, um, we're going to have a baptism. Don't have the date yet. going to work it out. But we also have 95-degree water in our pool in the back of our you know, So, um, And there's enough room for all of us to gather around. You can invite family and all that kind of stuff. Of course, I haven't talked to my wife about this. but uh, So if that's not going to work, we'll find another place. But anyway, it uh, um, doesn't matter. Maybe we'll just go to the creek, the Beaver Creek. Anyway, uh, the key is, and how are you baptized? Well, you know, the, the picture is immersion. I, I remember seeing the movie Jesus or one of those things, and Jesus is in, in the, he's the standing in the Jordan River, okay? And, um, and John the Baptist is going to baptize him. And uh, John the Baptist takes a, glass of water and pours it on his head. It's like, really? Okay. The Jews went into the water. You had to wash everything. Before you could go into the temple, if you were converting, you went into the water. The, the word baptism means to dip. It doesn't mean sprinkle. And so, but the church is practical. So in the early church, if you read uh, in their early writings in the Dake, it said, well, how should you baptize? You should baptize in clean running water. Well, if you didn't have clean running water, it could be just clean water. And if you didn't have that, you could pour water on their head three times in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Okay? They're not, they're not dogmatic. They're not legalistic. Okay? Um, they're practical. Okay? But the reality of it is you're being joined with Christ. Have you been joined with Christ? Or have you made that testimony? Do you want to make your faith sure and go to the next level? If you haven't been baptized, talk to us. And, uh, um, and Lord, we want to just close now. Uh, thank you for the power of your spirit, for the empowering of your spirit, for the baptism in the Holy Spirit for the union with Christ, for many members becoming one, for testimony and proclamation to the lost and to heaven and to hell. Lord, we choose to enter into the kingdom by being born again and being joined to you. In your precious name, amen.